Welcome to Cat's Tea and Witchcraft. My name is Fauna and I am your host. This is a witchy podcast for those who are Wiccan, witches, and everything in between. Don't forget to follow the social media pages for the podcast at Cat's Tea and Witchcraft on Instagram, Cat's Tea and Witch on Twitter, and Cat's Tea and Witchcraft Podcast at gmail.com. Enjoy the episode. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. This is episode 47, and today we are going to talk about karma. It is a similar topic to some other things we have talked about on the podcast in past episodes, but it is historically different and comes from separate cultures other than European witchcraft and modern witchcraft. I'm going to go over it a little bit more than most people probably hear on a regular basis on the origins of karma, the different cultures that used it historically, and also we're going to talk about how the term karma is used currently and some other things that are similar to karma and that's kind of when we'll dive in a little bit more of the things that we've talked about in the past but not in as much depth as other episodes. Disclaimer though, Not everyone believes or cares about the idea of karma. Some people like to take matters into their own hands and don't want to wait for the universe to come around and give what some people might call payback or justice. But I personally don't follow that path, but some do. I also don't claim to be an expert in this topic. I am just going over things that I have found in books and online when it comes to historical things and other things that are used in a more modern context. So if I explain anything wrong, in particular when it comes to historical things, please feel free to send me a message and let me know and I will try to correct myself in the future or possibly make corrections to this particular edit. I don't know if I go back and edit things after things have been posted. I don't know how that affects things. If not, I can always insert a little blurb into a different episode stating that there is an update on the topic. So here we go. First thing that we are going to go over are definitions of karma. So I have two somewhat long definitions of karma and also the second one that I'm going to go over actually goes over three different types of karma and I will get into a little bit more detail on that in a few minutes. So the first definition of karma states karma means action, work, or deed. The term also refers to the spiritual principle of cause and effect often descriptively called principle of karma, wherein intent and actions of an individual, cause, influence the future of that individual, effect. Good intent and good deeds contribute to good karma and happier rebirths, while bad intent and bad deeds contribute to bad karma and bad rebirths. The philosophy of karma is closely associated with the idea of rebirth in many schools of Indian religious, particularly Hinduism, Buddhism, Jainism, and Sikhism, as well as Taoism. In these schools, karma in the present affects one's future in the current life, as well as the nature of the quality of future lives. One's samsara. And here is the second definition. Karma is a Sanskrit word that primarily means action, but for South Asian religions and philosophy, it is not limited to that as the term has gained various meanings and connotations over time. The term karma connects actions and results. 
good and bad happenings experienced in this life are aggregate results of deeds in this and previous lives. This is known as the law of karma and it is regarded as a natural and universal law. Karma not only justifies the present situation of an individual, but also rationalizes the cycle of birth and death, which is common in South Asian philosophy. The idea of karma first appears in the oldest Hindu text, the Rigveda, before 1500 BC, with a limited meaning of ritual action which it continues to hold in the early ritual dominant scriptures until its philosophical scope is extended in the later Upanishads, 800 to 300 BCE. The term gains a more philosophical weight when the consequences of actions are attached to it. Thus, karma gains a moral or ethical dimension. Karma as a reciprocal concept includes both action and intent. All good actions, like charity to the needy, service to elders, help to kin, etc., and all good intentions or well wishes for others are rewarded and vice versa. This law of karma inspires an individual to follow two things. A, good deeds to avoid bad reciprocal results. B, adhere to some spiritual action to neutralize the effect of karma. The second point may not be common to all traditions. The ending of karma and karmic consequences releases one from the cycle of birth and death commonly known as Moksha or Nirvana. From a philosophical perspective, there is a lengthy debate between free will and karma. If one is acting inappropriately now, one can justify this as a consequence of one's past only if karma exists. However, along with the theory of karma, one is bestowed with volition and one can act according to one's conscience. So while reaping the fruits of one's past karma good or bad, one is accumulating new karma as well as acting on one's free will. This also gives one an opportunity to act in such a way that one may liberate oneself. The next little bit of this information, I am going to go over three different traditions of karma. The first one is going to be more along the lines of what it is with Hinduism, or at least how the website that I got this information describes it from. In Hinduism, the theory of karma is more dominant in the Vedanta school. For some schools like Mimamsa, the role of karma is almost negligible. Most traditions agree on three types of karma. Karma to be experienced in this lifetime, latent karma which we have not yet reaped, and karma that will result in our future lives, respectively. There is also a concept of a living individual who is actually liberated and thus does not accumulate karma anymore. In later Hindu traditions, which are primarily theistic, the grace of God plays an important role in overriding the karmic implications or completely leaving one and thus leading to moksha. Next one is going to be a definition through Buddhism. It says, in Buddhism, essentially there is no soul. The unresolved karma manifests into a new form composed of five skandhas, constituent elements of a being, in one of the six realms of samsara. The eventual nirvana, salvation, comes through the annihilation of residual karma, which means the ceasing of all alleged existence of being. The action with intention, 
carries out by the mind, body, and speech of which are driven by ignorance, desire, hatred led to implications that tie one down to samsara. Following the Eightfold Path, the set of eight righteous ways of thinking and acting suggested by Buddha, one can attain nirvana. The last one of these three that I am going to go over is from Jainism. In Jainism, karma is conceived as a subtle matter pervading the entire universe in form of particles. These extremely subtle particles cling to the soul, obscuring its intrinsic pristine form. It is sometimes described as the contamination that infiltrates the soul and taints it with various colors. Liberation is achieved through following a stringent path of purification. From Jainism, given the absence of an external divine agency, the law of karma becomes predominant as a governing law and a self-sustaining mechanism that governs the universe. So right here were some definitions and some descriptions of traditional definitions of karma. They vary a little bit depending on the tradition, if it was Hinduism, Buddhism, or Jainism, but they all still have similarities as well overall when it comes to the actions and what results afterwards. So the next thing that we are going to go over is the modern use of the term karma. So as I just went over, there are a few things that go along with the concept of karma. Some can be more immediate results versus the possible long-term results that occur after death. But the part about karma that people now focus more on is the more instant karma or the karma that occurs during this lifetime or anything that's a little bit more immediate. Very often we hear the term karma is a bitch or what goes around comes around and those are just very commonly used on a daily basis when something happens to people when they may have done something not so nice but not necessarily always hearing it when someone does something good and something good happens. When hearing these phrases, sometimes we might forget the traditional aspect of karma that deals with our soul or our energetic life force or energy and how karma may affect us after death. Unless you don't believe in the soul, like it said in the Buddhist version of karma, or if you also don't believe in an afterlife. Personally, I would be confused if someone believes in karma or some sort of cosmic payback of some sort to balance out your actions, but also didn't believe in some sort of afterlife or concept of reincarnation. I would feel that if you didn't believe in the afterlife or reincarnation, there would be no point in worrying about karma at all or would think that they wouldn't think that either one of them exists in general. Because if our souls didn't matter after death, then why would the universe care about the actions we do while we're alive? But that's just my opinion. Next, I'm going to go over concepts that might be similar to the idea of karma found in other cultures or religions. I am not here to bash other religions or paths, but I might point out common topics that are talked about and commonly questioned. The first is Christianity. In Christianity, there is a concept of heaven and hell or where your soul will go based on the actions that you made in your lifetime. They are commonly believed that your actions are either seen as sinful or godly and whether or not you dedicated your life to Jesus Christ will also determine where your soul goes when you die as 
believed in Christianity. And in some Christian communities, not all, that all it takes to go to heaven is for you to claim that you believe in Jesus Christ and that your soul will be saved. Many don't vibe with this concept and neither do I. And this is why. Imagine this. There is someone who is on their deathbed and they were a horrible person. They're mean to others and hurt people. But right before they die, they dedicate their last moments in believing and trusting in Christ. And boom, some believe that that person, no matter how horrible they are, they are now given access to heaven, even though they were a very awful person within their lifetime. If all someone had to do, even just right before they died, was to say they had given their life to Christ, no matter how bad of a person they are, seems pretty unfair to those who dedicated their whole lives trying to enter heaven. But at the same time, are people only being good because they are actually good people? Or are they pretending to be good and doing good things, not because they want to, but just because they fear of going to hell? I personally would think that those who truly were good in their heart would have access to something if you want to call it heaven or if it's Summerland or whatever it is depending on your beliefs. If you believe in good and bad and if all it takes is I believe in this one concept for a single second and then boom you're given instant gratification that just doesn't seem fair. And at that point that completely negates the need for the concept of sinning and doing good things. Like there's no point in even believing in those if all you got to do is believe in a single concept. But in the end, most people probably don't know the actual way to get into heaven or hell because until they're there, we don't actually know if they exist at all. The next one is something that I have talked about in past episode and it is within Wicca and the Threefold Law. And Wicca was established in the 1950s in England and specifically one of the first times the this particular version of the Threefold Law was mentioned is found with Gardnerian Wicca, and my sources said an early incarnation of the Rule of Three appears in Gerald Gardner's novel, High Magic's Aid, in the form of Mark well and thou receiveth good, so equally art thou bound to return good threefold. And the threefold law was first publicly recorded in 1964 in a speech by Doreen Valiente. And after that, the long- Wiccan read that many Wiccans follow that was written by Lady Gwen Thompson is the next time publicly we really start to see the concept of the threefold law. But commonly used in the community in what some accept as the threefold law is that many believe that the threefold law means whatever you put out good or bad you will get back three times more. While doing research on this topic just a little bit more, something new popped up in my search on information on the concept of threefold that I haven't seen before. And it says that threefold might not be getting energy back three times. And that concept was definitely popularized by Raymond Buckland. But what it might actually mean, it's just a possibility that it involves energy and the effects in levels. So the three comes from when you do something good or bad, it affects you physically, emotionally, and spiritually. So when it comes to the concept of threefold, there really isn't 
an overarching agreement on what it actually means, and many just consider it a Wiccan version of karma. Is it what goes around comes around three times? Or does it have something to do with the effects of our actions on us physically, spiritually, or emotionally? Or is it just another fancy reminder to do good things and not harm others? But maybe there is a traditional definition for threefold that maybe is found beyond just the mention in High Magic's Aid, maybe within Gardenarian Wicca. I am not Gardenarian, so I don't have those secrets or little things that they might be keeping to themselves and just for initiates. But maybe there is an actual definition of it that they use more than what we use, or maybe they don't use it in the same way that Eclectic and other traditions of Wicca use it as. So maybe there is, maybe there isn't, and maybe that information is out there and I just haven't found it yet. And most of what I have found on this topic is what I've already mentioned today and in past episodes. The next bit that we are going to go over is issues that people have with the concept of karma or other spiritual terms that judge people based on their actions. A popular debate against the concept of karma or threefold or other spiritual religious concept is that they are a way to control the masses into following laws and behaving the way governments or religions want people to, to keep social order or to indoctrinate people into believing what they want them to believe. This also commonly brings up the idea that if people need to be told to be good, that means humans aren't naturally good or naturally neutral, or that good versus bad is just a human construct and a way to separate them from animals and the behaviors of the animal kingdom. But we do know that even if you don't follow karma or threefold or don't believe in any religion, there are still good and bad people who are atheists or good and bad people who are just kind of neutral to religion and spirituality. We do know that upbringings, environments, cultures, and experiences also are major things in what teaches us what is good versus bad. But this concept can spiral into a debate and into something that more along the lines of what truly defines morality and ethics, and I don't want to go over that today. I just wanted to mention the concept and why people have an issue with these topics. So if you've listened to the other episodes in this podcast where I have mentioned threefold karma or morality, you know that I personally identify as an eclectic Wiccan. But I have no issues with questioning things because healthy skepticism is good. And I don't like the idea of blindly believing or following anything. Even before I became Wiccan and knew about threefold karma or even really understood religion and my family didn't really become any sort of religious until I got a little bit older and more so when I was a preteen and teenager. I personally chose to stay conscious about the choices I made and how they affect others or affect my future. But I didn't choose to do those good things out of the fear of an afterlife. I did them because it's what I thought was right and what my parents taught me because they didn't teach me anything about religion when I was a child. Most of what I know about religion, I taught myself and experienced for myself. So like I said, I personally chose and still choose to do good things because it's what I want to do. I have no desire to harm anyone intentionally. But if someone hurts me and I get upset about it, do I want justice and hope they get what they deserve? Yeah, 
but it depends on what happens. If they attack or hurt me, will I fight back? Fuck yeah, I will. Or if I find out that someone is harming someone else that I know, I might say something or do something in a safe way to make sure they are taken care of or safe themselves. Or if I see someone doing something illegal that requires me to call the police, I'll call the police, even if it ends up putting them in jail. Or if I'm ever in a situation where I need to do magic and cast a spell to resolve or solve a situation and someone is trying to cause harm to me, I'm more likely going to do something along the lines of a freezer, banishing, or binding spell if needed. But that is out of a form of defense, not willingly wanting to harm others for no reason. But these things I just said are because I choose to do them. And it's because I choose to not want to harm people intentionally. If I choose to protect myself and the universe does what it wants on its own and gives out its own karma, so be it. But it's not what I choose to happen to them. I'm going to leave that to the universe. I'm going to do what I can to keep these people away from me if they're harming me. But I am not karma. I'm going to leave that to the Nice big spirits in the sky. In the end, I choose to be who I am and the choices I make because I don't want to live in fear of karma or the threefold. Some choose to worry about it, while others don't. But even if you do or don't believe in these concepts, I encourage you to be the best versions of yourselves and not make your decisions based on fear. Okay, everybody, this is the end of episode 47. We are getting so close to the one-year mark of the podcast. So in the next few weeks, if there's any specific topics that you want me to go over before the one-year mark, let me know because I'm going to start transitioning into season three at the end of August. So I might be adding a little bit of changes to how I format the podcast I have some ideas I'm still kind of throwing them around and see how I want to do it but I have some ideas brewing but if there's anything else that you kind of want to learn in the same format that I have done in the last two seasons let me know so I hope you guys enjoyed this episode if you have any comments questions or concerns feel free to leave me a message on Instagram Twitter or you can send me an email so I hope you guys enjoyed it again. I appreciate every single one of you. And I will talk to you next week. Have a good one. Blessed be.